in That's, season. That is actually true. Yeah. Always be ready to give an account. Yeah. I, what is the elevator pitch as a Christian? Yeah. You know they said the elevator yeah, pitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that instant kind of... Yeah, that, that big... Thing. The moment that grabs someone's attention. I've got one. Go on. Well, I've got two. But uh, my one would be, it's a question. Okay, have you ever had a, a supernatural or spiritual experience? And nearly everybody has. Interesting. And then that gives me a reason. I say, I've had Let me tell you Let me tell you about mine. That's yeah. the evangelist in you coming out, isn't it? Yeah, That's the evangelist yeah, yeah, one, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Or, I, or I'd look at someone and I'd say, need a piece of Jesus, mate. Go. <laughs> Looking through them, like yeah, straight through yeah, yeah. Jesus, just leave it out there. Just leave it hanging. Just leave it out there. <laughs> what do you mean? Go on, let me tell you. There you go. Look at that. An evangelist is, is always like such a good salesperson yeah, as well. Because yeah, yeah. he's just got, they ask the question, leaves it hanging. It. He's got there and you have to respond to him. Yeah, and he's, got yeah. he's got you. It's the evangelist Jesus, in you, isn't yeah. it? It's that gift. And, you're not, and you can't be afraid of silence. Never afraid of science. Yeah, yeah. The that. gathering, like anyone. I'll keep, I'll keep asking a dozen times. Yeah, yeah just leave it out. I know this more. Well, like testimonies or whatever. No, right? like if I make a gospel appeal, right. the evangelist never asks once. The evangelist asks again and again and again. So I say, like, come forward, everyone, give your life to Christ. I go, I know this more. <laughs> no, I know there's someone on the edge of their seat who wants to come forward now. Come forward, then another couple will come. Yeah, it's normally because you know because the gospel works. It's true. Yeah. It's true, yeah. yeah. Amazing, but Love yeah, that. you need a piece of Jesus, mate. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Let's see it, mate. There you do need it. Do you know it? They go, no, I don't. Let me tell you about it. Change your life. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love tell, it. Tell us your story, mate. This is round two of Dan Maldub. Oh, he's got, he got it right. Maldub, oh, respectful guy. Dan oh, all this time I thought it was uh, Maldub. Mal. Mal. It, because I'm from Dagenham, like yeah. Monford. We, that's how we talk. Mada. 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 Yeah, yeah, Mada. Mada. Yeah, it's true. Mada, Like, tell you how we talk. It's not like, I don't say, I have to keep training myself. I don't mm. say tomorrow. I go tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, I go tomorrow. Tomorrow. Let's go down there tomorrow. Who's tomorrow? Yeah, but now you say int it. Int it. Isn't it? Well, that's oh, living here for 15 yeah. years. Yeah, so I've now got a fusion thing, of, yeah. I've got a fusion of Essex, Somerset yeah. and Derbyshire. Somerset? Yeah, I have Somerset for years. So I'll say something like, that's good, isn't it? Isn't it? I go, what am I doing? Can I go, what are you talking about? Do you call blokes ducky? No, I'm in stretch <laughs> So right, like, mate, I've been up here, I've been up here a week and I was, it's 15 years ago. And I went to it's a shop called Crocodile. They sell tiles. Yeah. And uh, there's this birdie bloke in there covered in ink, had a gilet on, beard, bald, like <coughs> big fellow. And I took these fifty pound of tiles over and I said, I'll have these pieces. He went, Oh, that'd be fifty two pound fifty, ducky. <laughs> and I thought, You are I'm really nervous. Yeah, but how do I handle this? He's making a move on me. Yeah. But oh. he wasn't, I just call you duck. <laughs> Just as a friend to Yeah, like... it comes from the derivative for the word duke. Oh, All right, right. ducky. All right, duck. You're right, you right. Well, So it's actually a term of respect almost. Affection mm. and Affection respect. and respect. Oh, right. Ducky. They don't call you duck. All right, duck. All right, duck. Mm, I don't personally use it. I don't think my kids do. Sounds a bit, yeah. 
too familiar for yeah. me. I, I feel like you two should refer to each other as duck. I feel like you're in that ducky. space of your relationship duck. where... We call each other brother. Yeah. Little ducky. Oh, brother. I think ducky's there. So, so tell us the Mordub. The Mordub. What's going on? Well... Because we had a big chat last time. We didn't yeah. really talk about who you are. Uh, what do you want to know? Where do you want to start? Tell us about meningitis. Blimey. You want to go there first? Well, okay, let's go there first. Uh, so, when I was 15, I contracted menococcal septicemia. Wow. Which is a bad strain of meningitis, apparently. Yeah. I didn't know that at the time. That's how people lose their limbs in that one. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Wow. So, well, what I remember, right, is I was ill one night, so it felt like the flu or whatever. Like a fever in the night. Fever in the night. And I, I might, I, I think this is true. I think a doctor came out in the night. I think I was that ill they called a doctor. Yeah. Or a doctor came out in the morning. I think that's true. I can't quite remember. Yeah. But then got up next morning and went into the bathroom and collapsed in the bathroom. So Sparko... How, how old? 15? 15. Mm. Yeah, just before my GCSEs. It was a great thing to do for GCSEs. Wow. And uh, just got into the, like, the top rugby side and oh, life mate. was going good, GCSEs coming up, all of yeah, that stuff. Yeah. And so the last thing I remember kind of remember, is collapsing in the bathroom. And I woke up, I think it was about a week later. So I was out cold for about seven days. Wow. So the interesting thing about the meningitis bit was what, what happened when I was out cold. So going back to the thing you said about spiritual experience before. So, and, uh, so looking back at the story, there were people praying in my bed, there were people bedside prayer. Apparently I, I was on a life support machine. And they were going to turn the life support machine off because they said I was medically dead. So my brain wasn't working. I couldn't support myself. It was, I was a goner. It was game over. So obviously I'm talking hindsight. I didn't know this at the time. So what I did, what I did know at the time, one of the things that's really shaped my life was, and apparently this was the night that they were going to, they said I was dead, is um, I had this out-of-body spiritual experience, which I didn't tell people for years because it was... A, weird as anything, and B, freaked me out. And so what I can remember is a few things. One is I could see myself above the bed. And the reason I knew that is when I woke up, I knew where the door was, I knew where the window was, and I knew where the seats were. So when I came to, I knew what the room looked like, but I'd never seen the room. And so one of the first memories I have have of coming to is... Remembering a room, going, oh yeah, I know wow. this room. I've been in this room before, that's amazing. but I hadn't been in this room before in the natural. So what happened was I had this out of body sort of experience. I remember looking down on myself, and I remember feeling two very distinct things. One was the most scary, like being in a witch's coven. I remember the room being black and intense fear, and like being in a witch's coven, like being in like this. In, Scary, and I can remember these like orange and green kind of like shapes in the room. I can't remember exactly what they were, but like real these shapes in the room. The room was completely black. Then in an instant, the room was light, and I felt a peace like I've wow. never felt before. And it just went from dark to light straight away. And um, I've since researched it, and apparently that is quite a, a fairly common heaven and hell experience. Wow. Apparently. Like, I didn't see Jesus. I didn't see mm. heaven as... Do you the, think you went into, like, the abyss kind of thing? You had I think experience so. experience of hell and then brought into the light. I think so. But I suppose the, the, the big question is, what was, what's been the lasting impact of that? Yeah. 
So it had a really interesting impact on my life. So did two things. One is the power of Jesus to save, mm. you know, from the jaws of hell. So just to quickly finish mm. up the story, apparently that night, the people that were praying for me over my bed, they saw a dragon over really? my bed trying to, try, literally trying, they could see it in the spirit, trying to eat me, and then the dragon went. So whether that as a... I've got a sort of Mm. parallel with what I could experience. What I experienced, I don't know. But the thing it did is they said, if I survive, I'll be brain damaged, I won't be able to to walk Mm. or anything like that. I was back at school within two weeks. It was a complete healing. That's what they told wow. you, mate. You're actually still, still <laughs> yeah. in the hospital right now. <laughs> yeah. And the police will say you haven't got a little bit of brain. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, just, you're actually still in the hospital. You've yeah, just been right. living a delusion. Are we in the dream first podcast? Dream. You yeah, think, yeah, yeah. yeah, you think you're yeah, running right. a business yeah, 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 yeah. and married, mate. Is, is, it, is it all still... Is the, is the thing yeah. still spinning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if someone hasn't listened to the po- first podcast, yeah, they, they just think, what the heck are these guys on That's about? It's a good plug to go back to the first one, Plants. Like, episode one, <laughs> episode one. Yeah. Um, Finish, bro. So two things, right? One is you know the power of God. Two, it freaked me out so oh, much I that I just went absolutely banshee into the world. Right. It had the opposite effect. Interest. That's really interesting. Really had an opposite yeah, okay. effect. So rather than because I saw Why the power. What is of the God. psychology of that? What do I you don't think? know. I tell you a couple of things. I, I think one is. It scared the living daylights out of me mm. to the point where I just wanted to go nuts. Mm. And two, I couldn't deal with church. Mm. What I'd seen of Jesus and what I was experienced as as what church life was, I couldn't marry the two mm, together. Right. So I just I just went crazy for the mm. world. I just went into it in a big way. Mm. And so, but I think a lot of it was fear. Mm. You know, and we obviously were talking a little bit about that mm. earlier. A lot mm. of it was that sense of fear of like, there is a heaven and a hell out there. Mm. And actually the spiritual realm is a very real thing. And that's why I think even my years of um, being in the world with drink and drugs and things, I saw a lot in the spiritual realm. So, you know... We don't talk about hell that much, do we? No. I had a revelation of hell and I gave my life to Christ. And I think it's one of the reasons I became an evangelist. Right. I mean, I knew I needed... I, I didn't know it was called an evangelist. The day yeah, I gave yeah, my yeah. life to Christ, so everyone's got to know. But a short time after that, I had a bit of a revelation of this terrible... Separateness, like this, this empty void of nothing and pain. Yeah, and I thought, wow, I think this is how. Yeah, it is. It's and and I think it. Either force you one or two. Either it's so overwhelming that you ignore it or you run. Yeah, or you go, man, that's the cause of my life. Yeah, which I which I discovered a few years later. Yeah. You know, but it's like, it was, um, yeah, I mean, it was a transformational experience. Mm. Mm. I never told anyone a story for years. Really? I didn't even tell my parents. When I came out of this, right, and I think think it's probably a mistake I made. So when I came out of it, because I recovered fully, went back to school, I almost just went back to the way things were and didn't revisit it. And that can be quite a bloke thing, can't it? You go through a trauma, Mm. you go through a big thing, you don't talk about it. So I never talked about the trauma of it for years. So I just hid it. And my way of hiding things is just to go full on, like crazy, nuts. If I'm trying to hide something, I go nuts. I don't anymore, I used to. Go nuts and just go and hit everything as hard as I can. So I did. Interesting. For years, until I was 22. What happened at 22? Uh, I think I was 22, was it 22? Well, I'm 22, so um, if you haven't watched the video. Um, 
So got into the world hard. I hit it very, very hard and was effectively on a self-destruct button, okay. completely on self-destruct in, in quite a quite a major way. And at the same time, my cousin had just got saved and my and was going to a little church in Maidstone, which is where I lived and still do. And my mum was going to the same church. And my cousin was in the army. He was a bit of a naughty boy growing up. and he'd, So he'd come on a Sunday morning, and I was saying this earlier, he'd find a BB gun in the house and he'd come and shoot me under the bed and get me up for church, which is... And so I started to... Very, very slowly visit this little church. About 20 people in the back. I was really? with my cap on, hungovers, anything. Sometimes I haven't gone to bed yet. And just sit there and I was like, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. And, you know, I was fighting that deep, deep identity issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, with my lifestyle, I'm in the clubs on a Saturday night. At the same time, God started speaking to my heart. In the middle of a club, in the middle of a pub. It's happened for about six months. Consistently, every time I went out, most times I went out. You're my child, and I want you back. You're wow. my son, and I want you back. And God just started to speak deep identity. You're my son, yeah. and I want you back. You're my son, I want you back. You belong to me. And just like, you know, adult on certain drugs, mm. in a certain club, mm. you, you ain't thinking straight, and you certainly ain't thinking you're hearing the voice of God. So I thought I was going mad. Yeah. For about six months, I thought I was, I was wrestling this wow. massive internal battle between... I knew it was God deep down, really. I didn't know it was God, but I'm battling it. Mm. And my own soul, I'm like, what is going on? So long story short, I had a choice. I had a choice of... And the choice became really black and white because I'd started to visit this church every now and again. I'd met... My mum was going there. People were praying for me. God's speaking to me. Mm. But I'm fighting it so big, I'd bought a round-the-world air ticket. So I was going travelling with a mate of mine. So I had a choice. I had the, I had the choice to go to Thailand in one hand and the other hand go to Bible school because the church is a Bible school linked to it. So it's Thailand, Bible wow. school. And one day God said to me, um, you're my child and I want you back. I'm no respecter of a man. You need to bow the knee. How did you hear that? Was that in a prayer in, or in just... I, in Icon. Nightclub. On, nightclub on certain narcotics in the middle of a dance floor with a room about 2,000 people around me. Not the normal setting you'd think God would be speaking? No. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, evidently not. And I just walked out of the nightclub, went home and gave it all up. And it was, I think it, was, it must have been like in the August because the Bible school started in September. So I said to my mate, I ain't coming travelling with you. I'm going to do this. What year is this? 2002. Oh, okay. 2002. Yeah, in 2002. Wow. So, yeah, I did Bible school, gave all up, gave up all the drugs, gave up all the drinking, gave up all the other stuff I did, gave up all that lifestyle and yeah. never looked back. And I just bowed the knee to Jesus. That was it. That was it. Yeah. you got to walk out the process of that. You yeah, know, walk out the, just to start, yeah, off the blocks, but hmm. running a race after that. Then you're running a whole different race now. Oh, man. So I gave up everything, gave up the job in London, gave up wow. everything, yeah, and just completely changed my life and that was it, never gone back. Change your friends as well? Yeah. Now, that's been an interesting story, that. So the friends that I was going with obviously had the right hunt with me yeah. um, on one side. The other side is I had to give up that group of friends mm. for years because of the lifestyle with it. But, I mean, it's amazing that God works, right? So my, my, my youngest boy, Joel, you met Joel, yeah. haven't you? Youngest boy, Joel Lee, his football coach, one of my mates no from way. back in the day. Oh, no, really? He lives around the corner with me now. My mate that I was going travelling with. 
What happens if I walk through town now? So you're my mate. So in fact, next Saturday night, going out with the boys, yeah, where did we end up talking about Jesus? Are they still on a similar track that you were on in the old life? A lot of them, some of them, a lot of them sorted their lives yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I've got you get to mate. an age, don't you? Yeah. Things start levelling out yeah. anyway, but you yeah. miss a whole chunk of time because you're yeah. still yeah. giving about like a clown. Yeah. But. but, you know, they know what's happened to me is real because yeah. they know the other, they yeah. know the yeah, old yeah. me. So, See the you change. Know, they see the change, you know. And so it's been a it's been a great witness to be able to be in my hometown. That's amazing. Do your schoolmates see that, mate? She used to in touch with your schoolmates. Yeah, I don't see them as much, maybe, as Dan does, but okay. they know what I do, they know who I am. Yeah. You seen the change? I'd hope so. Yeah, I'd hope so. Um maybe one has shown some interest in God and but yeah. They're all they're all very self reliant in lots of ways. Yeah. All, all earn really well, got their own homes and they don't see an obvious need for God, you know? And I think that's often one of the hardest yeah, I mean that's why your story is so interesting. Yeah. Because you sort of had this experience on the dance floor or whatever, mm. the drugs are hanging about or you know, mm. drink and then God cuts in and yeah. your life changes. But a lot of guys they, they, that just never happens. Mm. And then they, they yeah. might go through the, the narcotic stage, the drink stage, the sleeping around yeah. stage, and they meet the, the one and they the kids and the career builds. They might go through a divorce, might not, but they build their career and they take up golf, probably home and die. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They, they never get that breakthrough moment. Um, mm. Or they just become all severe. They think, I don't need a crutch. I don't yeah. need... Yeah. Because yeah. we know it's not a crutch, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you... What do you think is the, the root of the... Because I had the intervention at 18. It happened to yeah. me. Non-Christian yeah. background completely. Yeah. Boom. Like, met Christ. Yeah. Complete change. Like, that's weird, isn't it? Mm. That happens for some and not others. Yeah. And the Calvinists would say, well, that's, that's right. predestination. Yeah, but yeah. I'd, I'm not a Calvinist particularly, mm. so... Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think what you guys... But, that, you know, that's why what you guys do is so important because... Mm. For most people, you know, my story is quite traumatic, mm. you know, because of what happened. But for most people, they might not have that experience. Yeah. But every single person, I believe, has got a whole God-shaped hole in their heart. Yeah, yeah. And actually, part of my healing wasn't from the narcotics, it wasn't from the from the lifestyle stuff, because, that, you know, a lot of people can get healed from that. You don't necessarily need right. Jesus to get you out can, from that. You can walk a sober path. You, exactly. You don't necessarily need Jesus, exactly. What you do need Jesus for is to heal your heart. And yeah. that was my big issue. My father it's the bread of life, and yeah. it? It's John exactly. 6, it? John 6. On the bread of life, only Jesus scratches the itch. Exactly. Exactly that. And I think if you, when you, you know, and I quite often have these conversations with boys after, after they've had a few shandies, and it's like... There's a deep longing in each of them. We know there's more mm. in each of our mm. hearts. We know there's more. We know there's something missing. Well, God has placed eternity in our hearts. Exactly. Mm. And so we try and fill it, don't we? Like you said, with your yeah, mates, yeah. we earn good cash. Yeah. We get misses. We have kids. But it's deep down, yeah. that hole is still there. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what your story is. The hole is the same hole. Yeah, yeah. And one person's story is not better than anyone else's. Nah. You know, but I, I think but it's, that... That's so true, the satisfying thing. Yeah. Like... Drive a nice car. Yeah. It's nice for a month. Yeah. Then it's boring. Take up, yeah, you know, I've been up in, I've got mates learning to fly. It's great. Yeah. Go up in a light aircraft a few times. Mm. Like paying a big fuel bill. It's all right for a while. Some people get gripped by it. Yeah. But I'll never forget going to my mate's flying club 
And I, I went up, it was amazing, I loved it. Landed on a couple of different strips, came back. I went in the clubhouse, ordered me ham, egg and chips, and a couple of the old fellas are there, like obviously in their 60s. I mean, I said, it was amazing. I went, really? Oh, I suppose we're used to it. So right. he said, put me off learning to fly. Yeah. I thought, I don't want to spend my money and be bored. Just be like them. Thing, but I've never been time. bored of Jesus. That's the thing. I've never been bored of Christ. And, and that's the false narrative, isn't it? The false yeah. narrative that we're told as men mm. is that you've got to earn well, do well, look after yourself, accumulate look after possessions. your family, accumulate possessions, and once you've made it, you've made it, yeah. and then you're there. Yeah. And what's the highest divorce rates? Middle-aged men, particularly those in entrepreneurship mm. and business. Yeah. You know, what happens? Because you're not satisfied. Yeah. And more right. and more and more doesn't leave you satisfied. What leaves you satisfied is when you empty yourself yeah. of yourself and fill yourself with mm. Christ. So that's a never-ending yeah. satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, that peace and joy that comes yeah. from heaven is something you cannot buy, no matter how much you try. And I've tried a lot of things about yeah. it, yeah. and it ain't worse. Because there is this relentless drive in people, isn't there? Yeah. Buy more, create more, improve more. Everything's, yeah. every, every advert's about improving yourself, yeah. modifying yourself. Yeah. You know, create smaller phones, better cameras, faster computers, bigger mm. houses. Like, it's relentless. Like it's it's so exhausting. But the pressure on men to achieve that that pressure is phenomenal. Where does that like this innate drive? It's almost like a sinful drive. Yeah. Everything's got to be yeah. better. We're never resting. We're never happy. We're never everything. Like I've got neighbours that constantly working on their house. Like, it's non-stop improving stuff, and it's still like, I haven't got the house quite how I want it. Well, you've just not stopped. I'm mm, like, Jesus, never enjoyed it. Yeah. Just like he's satisfied. Just yeah. chill, man. But that's a peace you don't know until you know Jesus. That's a peace that surpasses all, all understanding. understanding. Exactly. Until you know and you meet mm. Jesus, you don't know what yeah. that actually feels like. But that's so, the sinful drive, I think, this relentless compulsion it's, constantly. It's a sinful drive, but I also think it's part of how God's made me. Yeah, okay. We're made we're made to look after, cultivate, and look after yeah, God. Nurture and creation. Nurture creation. At plant blokes, you know we're we're the Sing, singular plant bloke. Sorry, plant bloke. Yeah, bloke. Twitter <laughs> on Twitter. Um, so like you know, but we're 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 made, aren't we, yeah. to 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 want to do things? So we, you know, if you put us in the garden now, we'll end up I don't know tearing down some not tearing down a tree. That's the wrong thing to do. But we'll end up doing something, right? Because we're 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 called cultivate. to create and to cultivate. Do you, do you think we're made for or it's beneficial for us to have the the size of network and reach we have so by that i mean you know you can you can be so so i've come off social media yeah maybe a year now and i also don't do whatsapp groups i mean one oh, and that's you. it i refuse every other whatsapp right. group really because i can't keep up with it i can't yeah, keep very up awkward when trying to work with someone yeah, yeah. No, well, no, text me ring me on the flip phone <laughs> but i can't keep Call up with the bandwidth phone. you know yeah. what i mean the, yeah yeah, yeah. The, and I, I wonder sometimes with technology and with the speed of life and what's available and yeah. next day delivery now it's same day delivery. Yeah. yeah. Are we are we damaging ourselves trying to have a network and a reach that big? Like I'm not trying to be like let's say the Amish where you go to bed when the sun goes down. Yeah. Not, but is there a, a balance somewhere where you you just reduce the size of your orbit a little bit? Yeah. And create a lot less chaos and... I don't think it was meant to be like that. That's yeah. what I think. That's yeah. what we thing. got up when the sun rose. We, yeah. we went in the fields. We knew our, yeah. we knew a handful of people. Yeah. We didn't get overwhelmed by news. Yeah. The, the sun went yeah. down, we went to bed. We yeah. ate what was in the fields and what, what wandered past. Yeah. We're so plugged in. It's oh, killing us, I think. 
overwhelming. But yeah. I also think we know too much. I mean, like, 100 years ago, it was like a few hundred years ago, a handful of books in the world. Mm. Yeah, true. Then now, what's that verse in Daniel? Where is it? It goes, when people rush to and fro across the earth, when knowledge increases, the end will come. Yeah, wow. yeah. And I'm like, that's us now. Like, yeah. we, constant, overwhelming yeah. volumes of information. Yeah. What do we do with all this information? Yeah. Well, I think the answer to it is we don't. I think that's the problem. That's why the overwhelm is so much. And that's why, as much as we're trying to improve ourselves, if you actually look at it culturally, sociologically, we're in the worst place we've ever been. Mm. So, actually, we're not doing well with it. No. But so the question, the answer to your question, from my, you know, to answer a question with a question like a politician, <laughs> is what do we do to build communities that reflect God's real truth? Because the world is placing more and more expectation and more and more pressure, yeah. not just on us, but on our kids. Yeah. I mean, the choices they've got to make now are way bigger than the choices we had to make growing up, way bigger than the choices that our parents had to make. Yeah. Because there is like everything's an option for them. Everything's a choice for them now. Mm. So how do they see organic, real relationships? They've got to see it yeah. through us. Yeah. There you and however, go. that's lived this is, this is the verse... But you, Daniel, keep these words secret and seal up the book until yeah. the end of time. Many will rush here and there as knowledge increases and the end will come. Knowledge increases. Yeah. yeah. Many will rush to and fro across the earth and knowledge increases and the end will come. We'll come back to an AI conversation, but that's for episode one. Yeah. yeah listen. That's listen in, that's what yeah. an interesting verse, Daniel 12. I mean, interesting. That, that's happening. We're yeah. rushing. And how Daniel wouldn't have seen global travel. Wouldn't have no, seen no. the internet. Zoom and emails. Zoom and, and you know, text. airliners and oh. yeah. jet travel. Yeah, so yeah. he's had an insight. And People talking... rush to and fro across the earth. And that's going to increase. Knowledge increases. When energy, when we get fusion matter and nuclear energy working properly, which isn't far off, the amount of power that we'll be able to create as humans in terms of actual powers and energy, mm. energy power, it's going to be scary. So things will only get quicker, faster, bigger. And, and that's then... what you're saying. Humanity is... Never content. It's always no, got to be faster. What, yeah, it's a deep better. philosophical. I, I get the whole kind of you know. One of my life philosophies is to improve where I am. Yeah. yeah. So I improve my house, improve my garden, improve yeah. my town. But that's like, the mandate you're given to cultivate and look after. Right. The but then there's this unrelenting dissatisfaction with what we have. Yeah. And we've always got to improve everything. Yeah. Our technology, like we're just not. Like, this phone is insane. Yeah. yeah, but we're not. I'm not happy not with enough. it. I'm we like, oh, I need to get the next one. Oh, it should be smaller, better screen, better glass. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. when I, when I was first made at 22, I had a two megapixel digital camera. It was like I made like a brick. I thought it was remarkable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my phone outstrips anything my my you know, my great grandparents have ever conceived. Of course they would. I mean, this is more powerful than most. But we're not happy ever. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I think so. My you know my my biggest question. No, it's not a question, but my biggest, I suppose, desire is to see that power of real, organic human relationships. Nothing can replace that because that reflects the heart of God in a family, in a community, around a table like this, what you guys do with Edge and CBM. That, I believe, is one of the keys to the future. I firmly believe that. So that podcast we were talking about before from yeah. um, that guy um, from Google, the ex-chief business officer from Google, he says the only thing that's going to distinguish... AIs from humans in the future is going to be the the authentic power of human connection. Mm. He draws this whole thing back to humans genuinely connecting with one another. Mm. 
And you can only do that if you're really, truly, if you have a love and union with Christ. Mm. Because we've fallen and we're broken and we've messed mm. up and we're stuffed let up me, and we need Christ. Yeah. Let me let me just play this to you, right? So I follow this guy called uh, uh, Jake F, Big Jake's Barbecue. Not vintage bloke. No. And he's, but he's this, like, he's, this, he's in South American state and he just does these homegrown barbecue things. And uh, he's getting his viral following. Let me just let me just play what he says, right? What he did. This is him talking How about his all these people. Yeah, this is. Hey, everybody. Y'all want to know a little bit about my life and goals. I grew up in a small town. Not a lot of people. Not a lot going on. It's just all I've ever known, and that's just how I like it. I decided to buy a house. I bought a house in the same small town. And uh, just where I've always been. I've never been much of a big city guy. There's too much going on for me. Part of my life goals, I try to be a better man each and every day than I was the day before. I spend my life serving my community. I do my best to serve the good Lord. I'm a family man. I always try to make sure my family's taken care of. At the end of the day, well, I see it if you're living life like that, taking care of business, trying to do right by everybody, that's the best you can do. We'll take a minute to everybody. Thank you for the support of Adam. He's, like, he's probably got a lot right, hasn't he? And all he's, he does, he just does like, here's some burnt ends, here's some chicken recipe. Like, that's that's he does barbecue stuff. That's, that's what he does, yeah, barbecue. Yeah. And the end of it always goes, that's where it's at. And he suddenly, like, he started off, he had like 100 followers. And people just looking at it going, I like it. Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I just, refreshing. But he I just, I live in this town. Yeah, yeah. That's all I do. I love my family. I'm a Christian. I, I cook barbecue. I'm a paramedic. I'm just... Yes. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I live in this little house in Stavely now. Yeah. I just been carrying the dog, the cat, the rescue tortoise. And I'm like, I just <laughs> sit in this house yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy, yeah. you know. Because I've got Christ. I'm content. Mm. But, but I have to fight. Yeah. For that, because yeah. everything in me, do, do, I want to go, I do more, yeah. accumulate more, be more. Yeah. Well, these yeah. are the three. These are the three areas where we struggle, right? It's the enemy. We've got Satan out there. We've got our flesh, and then we've yeah. got the world. Yeah. Yeah. And the enemy and our flesh, we've had a lot of teaching on, but the world's a little bit more nuanced. It's yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. And it changes all the time. Yeah. And the pressures just grow yeah. and increase because. You know, the Bible says that creation was subjected to futility, right? Yeah. So the world around us has been subjected to futility. What does that mean? It's futile. Well, to me, it's pointless. Just, just pointless. Just no, you can, you know, ride a plane, ride a helicopter, you know, climb mountains. Lord, diminishing returns. The yeah, more you do, yeah, yeah. the less you're satisfied. Yeah. Just keep it, keep yeah. it simple. Keep yeah. it simple. I, I, you know, I jokes about the garden, but one of my simple pleasures, get up in the morning, I go to my garden... I look at the cosmos flowers, I take a photo, I look at the bees flitting about, I look at me bonsais, I'm just, I breathe a bit. I'm like, simple beauty, I don't need much more than that. Yeah, it's amazing. My wife loves me, I've got me dog, got me daughters. It's your Eden, isn't it? Got me mates. Yeah, and I've got got a few mates. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need more than that. I'm happy, man. Yeah. And that that is, how many people can say that? Yeah. Yeah. That's the question. It's a very freeing thing, because if you're not worried about being Mr. Popular, it's completely free. Well, we've had that with church, haven't we, recently? I mean, that goes mm. the whole story mm. now. We've now gone from 
being the central leadership team of a global church movement mm. to having church in our front room or around the table in our dining room and How's having that going, incredible mate? Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah, the quick story the time, yeah, yeah, the quick story on. is going it's it's incredible when you ain't trying to be popular, you ain't trying to put it on you mm. know, social and, and trying to build it about yourself. When you make it about just people connecting with each other and connecting with Jesus in a mm. real way. My kids absolutely love it. Their faith has come alive, wow. really come alive. And yeah. it's, that's been one of the most encouraging things for me. Yeah. Um, my 13-year-old said to me the other day, he goes, we're at, at, at another conference. He goes, Dad, we don't do church that way anymore. That's not what church is about. And he started just to, his, his framework and mindset about church being about helping mm. the lost about loving each other, about exploring our faith, all those Christianese words we call it, discipleship. Mm. He's taking ownership of it as a 13-year-old. And I thought to myself, that's going to change his life forever, yeah. his framework forever of church. And then, you know, and, and people are getting saved and Mate. people are um, being impacted. So you, you said something that really challenged me. Not challenged me, it gave me chills. You said about on occasion your lads were almost prophesying. Like speaking out and yeah. God was speaking through them, and I think that's amazing. Like, where do you hear that happening? Like, God speaking through the next generation. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That was that's the first, exciting. That was the first night we had together. That was some yeah. some point late last year. I can't remember how it happened, right? We had, we've got a couple that meet with us, and they were they were talking about they work in schools. This couple, yeah. and my lad, my eleven year old, another kid who's about fourteen, I think, Scott, about fourteen, fifteen. They just got up, and I've got pictures of it. They just got up, and they st- walked around the table and started praying for them, but they put their hands on their shoulders. They just started prophesying. Praying for each other. And praying for each other, started prophesying. And like it's my living world has never done that before. That's really just powerful. just got up from the table. And admit that we just had dinner together. You know, yeah, Claire's... Beautiful, mate. And Spirit of God happened, moving yeah. in young people Yeah, like yeah I was trying to find a photo. Yeah, and that was it. So I think else. for me, just kind of... There's no silver bullet, not pretending we've got no, no, no answers. No. But it's simple. Straight simple. back. Yeah. Loving people. Anyway, dude, we've got to get you to the train station, man. Are you going to miss your train? You're going to get in trouble with your wife. So. Over and out. <laughs>